Hello, everyone. Happy Wednesday, November 30th, 2022. I'm Trace Wood, joined by the amazing John Bacho. Yes, sir. Today, we're going to be talking about the Glass Onion, which, did we see this last week? Yes, last week, uh, Wednesday. Yeah, so we saw this a week ago. Uh, it's completely out of theaters now, right? I, yep, I do believe so. Yeah, and I'm not sure when it's on Netflix. I want to say, like, December sometime. It's December, like, 23rd, I think. Okay, okay, so there's still a while. Uh, right away, well, first we're going to be going into spoilers, in case you haven't seen it. But It's uh, December 23rd it comes out. On December Netflix. 23rd? Yeah. Dang. Okay, so yeah, we're going to be going into spoilers. Uh, right off the bat, this is definitely a movie I'm glad I saw in theaters. Uh, yes. I think it was able to, like, we've talked about this a lot before on here, of, like, sequels don't hold up to the originals, but there are times where sequels can hold up to the original. I think this, I've heard some people... And my cinema classes who I've seen, they said they like this better than the original. I think I still like the original a little better, but this definitely like held up very well compared to it, in my opinion. What were your like brief thoughts before we really get into it? Yeah, this is a definitely a worthy, worthy sequel to the original Knives Out. I'm gonna agree with you on the fact that I like the Knives Out original one just because it was something kind of like the atmosphere of it was just good a little bit of novelty has worn off just a like a an ounce of it like because now coming into the second movie you're like oh now there's going to be some big twist and you know right. the first movie is kind of like oh i'm being misled but like you didn't know you're being misled in this one you're constantly thinking like oh i'm being misled who's the actual killer mm-hmm. but still beyond a worthy sequel and i would probably say on par two or just like maybe zero point zero one percent less than the original knives out for me yeah i agree like saying that i don't like this one as much as the original is not me saying like this movie sucks it's like like you said a very slim margin putting this below the original uh, yes. for me i think like the original like that feels like a thanksgiving like november yep. movie to me like the whole atmosphere and i saw that on thanksgiving in like 2019 or like the night before thanksgiving this it came mm. out around the same time. Definitely felt like more of like a kind of like a summertime movie. Summertime, yeah, for sure. But I, I definitely thought it was still fun. Uh, do you agree? Right now, it's one of the rare instances where the critics agree with the audience score. Both audience and critics give it ninety three percent. Do you think that should be higher or lower? I'm gonna go ninety five. It's hard to accomplish a sequel that is worthy to the original, and this doesn't. Yeah, I think this is definitely the lowest you would give it. I mean, I'm fine with it being there. I think the original's at like a 97, critic-wise at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I would say like 95 too, but I would maybe even give this a 97. But I, I definitely think the 93 is fair, and I wouldn't go any lower than that for sure. But uh, actually going into it, I guess we'll we'll split this up how we usually do. Do you have anything you were confused on or didn't dislike or didn't like i honestly don't have anything that i disliked about this movie and i think the one thing uh it's nothing i was really confused about except for the one thing that we talked about on the ride home about the box yeah i would say yeah for me i there was nothing i actually like disliked like like this was only a week ago, and if you're like, if you're trying to think about something really hard that you dislike, that probably means there wasn't really anything. So uh, I can't even think about anything to like nitpick really that I didn't like. 
So mm-hmm. I don't really have anything there. Uh, but for confusing parts, yeah, the box. Uh, again, spoilers from here on out. Uh, it's revealed that I need to pull up the cast list for names. Uh, show all cast and crew. All right, Andy has a twin sister. Andy's killed, but Andy has a twin sister, and it's not putting her name on here. And Or maybe Andy's the twin and the other. I forget. But no matter what, she has a twin. And even though she dies, a box is still sent to her ha- to her house, which all of them get the box, and it's all their invitation to the private island. If he killed her, why did he still send the box to her... I just, I don't get that because why? Why do you possibly send the box for someone to like pick it up and like catch on to you? Or maybe yeah. he's just trying to like make it look normal because all his close friends got the box, so might as well send it to her too, so it doesn't look out of the obvious. Uh, I feel like I, it. I feel like I missed the explanation for it. Yeah, I, I think I'm, die. I think I'm looking a little too much into that. But uh, now, just going to like, what'd you like about it? First, to start off, the location. I always like how Ryan Johnson uses the location to like kind of uh, – it just really brings you into the plot. This yeah. is like an extravagant billionaire's island. I mean, quite literally like a grossly luxurious place. It's like disgusting at the same time as it's like luxurious. It's got like the, the glass. Everything's glass. It's got like glass statues. It's got the Mona Lisa – it's got his car spinning on the top of the roof. It's grossly like extravagant. And then um once again, the cast is just amazing as always mm-hmm. with every uh Ryan Johnson movie. I uh personally like uh Catherine Hahn. I think she did a good yeah. job. Dave Batista, I love Dave Batista. Uh, Edward Norton, he plays pretty good. And of course, the star of the show, Mr. Daniel Craig as Benedict Blanc. Alpha. Alpha. Absolute God. Seriously, beyond good job. I mean, it takes a lot to like for him to like kind of shade or like put away the role of 007 and yeah, come a new kid. Typically, like a lot of times actors are like overshadowed by their big roles. Like right. Hayden Christensen is always going to be known as Anakin Skywalker and mm-hmm. nothing else, even though he deserves to be more than that. But right. And but they or Danielle Craig, I mean, he's like, I don't see him as 007 on the screen. I see him as Benedict Blanc. And, you know, so I think the cast wonderful job as always. Uh, Ryan Johnson really just is a good director and writer in this. I mean, it really clearly like the glass onion is a metaphor for um, I think there's a Beatles song called Glass Onion which is what this is kind of based off of. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, so there's a, a Beatles song named Glass Onion, and, like, the whole, like, idea behind it is, like, people try to find the deeper meaning of the lyrics, so they're, like, peeling back the layers. But when oh, they okay. realize they realize the truth, it was kind of, like, transparent all along. Like, it was so obvious. So that's kind of what the Glass Onion is. Right. And, yeah, so is that... I think this is... A definitely bigger and funnier than the uh, original, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, 
another thing that this thing talk uh this movie really tackles is um like billionaires really and like they're kind of like prowess over the um this general population i mean towards the end of the movie we can clearly see like how people are like so preoccupied and allow money to dictate their lives and they turn a blind eye and betray themselves and others because money has such a hold and grip on them. And I think it really, yeah, I think it really just speaks to like, I don't know, I guess kind of how creepy some billionaires are. I mean, like kept mentioning like Jared Leto. I know he's not a billionaire, but he has a cult on an Island and like (laughs) this kind of like, he's got an Island all to himself and like, it's just like it's kind of like creepy, I guess, in a way. Like these billionaires just I mean, there's that and then there's like the whole COVID thing. Like these billionaires have like what they shoot something in their mouth and like yeah. they're COVID free and while the rest of the world is living in lockdown, these co these like billionaires don't got a cure in their back pocket and just don't care. Mm-hmm. So really this film is more I'd say in the first film, it tackled like wealth inequalities and class despair and immigration, clearly because the main what was the main character's last name? Uh, is Anna De Armist? I forget. Whatever. Yeah, I, I forget her name. Anna De Armist's main character clearly was an immigrant, so it kind of tackled like that. And then clearly, the family was like all like turning against her and talking about how she was an immigrant and all right. that. Right. So it, it, I feel like Glass Onion more directly attacks like more social issues like the class inequality and stuff like that compared to the first one but once again ryan johnson fantastic director for these movies i mean honestly can't think of anyone else to do this and on top of that a great cast great messages that's all i got for that yeah for sure i mean just to go off of johnson i mean He's got other great movies. Like, I, I love Looper. Looper's one of my favorite movies. But, like, I think these whodunit movies are his sweet spot for sure. Uh, just, he wrote this and Knives Out, the original. Just, like, they're very smartly written. They know, like, mm-hmm. how to mix fun, serious moments, mystery, like, thriller. Just, like, all of it. But, like, most importantly, like, these are fun movies you want to go see. Like, I, I would, like, use both these movies as, like, arguments for, like, why theaters shouldn't close down. Like this was like a fun thing to see in theaters. Like for glass onion, uh, what was it? Valley view. Like there wasn't a single seat open. Maybe there was behind us, but the whole place was packed. And the girl next to me, she was laughing (laughs) a little loud. A little loud, a little more, but like, it was still like, that's like, that's what you go to some movies for. It's fun to be in a like sold out place where everyone's like having a good time with the movies and like going out and just like enjoying it. So I, I thought that was fun. Just like something to do before like the actual holiday. So, but yeah, I would say the cast. So I was like, I was a little like, I wouldn't say worried, but just like you got Norton, you got Craig, uh, Kate Hudson, Madeline Klein. I was like, Leslie Odom Jr. I haven't seen him in a movie, but I knew he was Aaron Burr in the Hamilton musical. So I'm like, okay, I know, I know who he is, but I was like, how are all these characters going to mix? And like the chemistry between all of them was legit. Like you could like, you could like think like they were you bought their friendship in the movie. Uh, the disruptors. Yeah, the disruptors. You could you could buy the friendship of of the disruptors, and uh, I I thought that was strong and definitely like you said the comedy. I thought the comedy in the original Knives Out was good. Like 
the family banner back and forth that like Chris Evans character kind of starts. Yeah. That's a fun moment. But this, like the girl, ne- that's the girl next to me. She was, she was dying laughing <laughs> and it, it actually was funny. I mean, I wasn't laughing like as crazy as that, but like I was definitely chuckling. Like there are funny, there are jokes in here that like actually land and it's fun. I think this is definitely one of those movies that would be so much fun to watch again, knowing that like the ending and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause it does a good job of like, it's like top notch screenwriting, like show things like very early on audience might forget about them, but they're going to show up later when the people are shooting the uh, COVID cure, whatever in their mouths. And uh, my boy Duke goes, I better not have pineapple in it. Like you don't really think about anything. I like, I basically forgot about the line, but then mm-hmm. you learn he's allergic to pineapple and that's how he ends up dying. So, like, that's that's a clever thing. And, and introduce it really early, and then it comes up at the end. Uh, I think the strongest thing about this movie is, like, the whole flashback twist to Andy having a mm-hmm. twin. I thought that was so strong. Like, you know, you think she gets shot. It kind of ends. And then uh, you just uh, – I don't know. It was just – it was smart. She comes in. Does the whole backstory, and even though it was a flashback, it pushed everything forward. You picked up new information, and then you just picked up right away. I thought that was a good twist, and I liked the little like montage of her and Craig going around and like picking up clues and like motives and different things and keeping it in the book. I thought that was fun. Uh, I guess the thing I would question is why doesn't Braun just shoot uh, Daniel Craig? Because she Andy probably wouldn't have found any other like he he's a profess professional like investigator. Mm-hmm. If I was uh Braun, I would have shot Blanc. That way I, I don't know, I just feel like I feel like I didn't really buy him seeing Andy since like he knew like he I don't know, I would think from their friendship he would know that she had a twin. And I feel like he would have been more freaked out seeing her on the island. Because, I mean, he saw her die. Mm-hmm. And then he walked out. I mean, I guess he is a little shocked because when the camera's on him, he's kind of like, I'm really surprised you're here or whatever. But yeah. I don't know. I'm surprised, like, while the people are chilling, he just doesn't, like, sneak to her room or whatever. So that, that's that's kind of something I question, but uh, and especially since he didn't invite Blanc himself, so mm-hmm. I don't know. And uh, but the movie does do a good job at like kind of subverting who you think is the killer because there's some points where you're like, like for me, I was like, okay, it is it is Braun. Like he's acting a little too like, oh, protect me, protect me. But then they keep like adding new elements and they're like, okay, it could be someone else. So it, it did a good job of that. Uh, I thought the whole layout of the island, the house, everything was really cool. Uh, just how everything was structured, the rooms all looked cool. Like that was a place like you want to go visit. So yeah. I, I, I thought that was really cool. Uh, I guess like for the ending scene, I mean, so what I thought was, when she, when Craig is walking, explaining everything, Blanc's explaining everything, he throws his, like, coat 
on one of the ice sculptures. And earlier, Andy showed she had a tape recorder to record what uh, Kate Hudson's character was saying, but for uh, employee or whatever. And so I'm like, okay, he put that recorder into that coat pocket. He's leaving it there, and they're going to pick up on what Braun's saying because he's going to like reveal how he like stole the idea and he killed Andy's sister or Andy. And uh, that doesn't happen. He burns the original like blueprint of the glass onion. And then she just blows the place up. And then they get back and the other members of the disruptors, like they're saying like, they'll like testify against Braun and say that he likes store everything. Cause they're like, I saw him burn and I saw his car leave her house. So they're like, okay. So like, you know, he's going to get caught. Yeah. But like, if they decided to like still be his little puppies, like what evidence do Blanc and Andy have? I think it's more like, I think it's more like kind of like with Daredevil. I, I don't know why I'm thinking about this, but like Daredevil is there for when the law fails. Like sometimes the law just fails and doesn't actually get the person right. that deserves to be in prison. And Braun deserves to be in prison. He literally quite literally stole a multi-billion dollar company from uh, Anne's hands. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so then there's that. And then, yeah, towards the end, I was thinking about the tape recorder because if we call back to Knives Out, the original one, um, I do believe one of the detectives, um, I forget his name, but he, like, pulls out at the end of, like, because... Oh, you're uh, right, yeah. He, he pulls it out and, and uh, as Chris Evans' character admits to like basically everything, you know. You're right. So it would have been a nice callback to that, but we can uh, deal with that. And then, yeah, I mean, uh, clearly at the end of the movie, it kind of shows like all the characters kind of realize that money doesn't need to have a chokehold on them anymore and that they can right. finally do what they want. So, yeah. Yeah, like right. obviously, bronze. Braun's going to get caught. But, like, mm-hmm. I, I was just saying there, I'm like, if the five, like, agreed to, like, still, like, be with them, like, Blanc and Andy don't have any evidence besides, like, the place burning behind them. Mm-hmm. And they could just, like, get in so much trouble, especially if, like, all the disruptors were so close and they're like, yeah, these two just, like, blew the place up. So, like, it ended way better than it could have. But, uh, no, I, I thought it was a fun movie. Uh, I like, I like, I, I thought the scene was funny how Blanc, you know, he just wants his iPad and just reveals like <laughs> the whole weekend, like murder mystery that Braun set up. I thought that was a, that was a fun part of it. Uh, yeah. The Jared Leto stuff, just like the random stuff. Yeah. And like Jeremy Rayner's like hot sauce or whatever that comes <laughs> into play later as fake blood and like almost gets into her nose. That was actually like. It was so goofy, but, like, it was a good scene of, like, suspense. Mm-hmm. Like, she's still acting like she's dead, and Jeremy's hot sauce is about to get her into her <laughs> nose as they're, like, walking away still. So, like, yeah, like, having fun but still building suspense. Uh, I'm I'm excited for the third movie and how they handle it. Uh, he said, I think I read in an article that after the new year, he's going to start writing the third one. So, I I didn't know this, but, yeah, Netflix... Mm-hmm. After the success of Knives Out, like, bought, like, paid him, like, $495 million to make two sequels. I'm like, dude, imagine you don't even have, like, 
like you probably had the script for Glass Onion done, but you don't have the script done for the third movie yet. But you're getting four four ninety five mil to make it. Like here, we're giving you this now. Make make the movies. Like that that's just incredible to me. And then we also got the TV show Poker Face coming out, which I thought was going to be its own thing. But when he's in the bathtub playing Among Us, <laughs> when he's on Zoom with the other people, one of them's the girl that's going to be in that poker face show. Do you remember seeing the trailer for that? Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm not sure if that's in the same universe as knives out or not, <clears throat> but I mean, I think that would be cool to like expand the universe and go to that because to me, it's from why it's going to be like a weekly, like murder mystery show, which will be, it'll be fun to have like a classic show like that rather than like these streaming shows that are basically just mini movies at this point. Uh, so it'll be fun to go like to an old style show like that. So I'm kind of hoping that's in the Knives Out universe to expand it a little bit. I think that'll be fun. But uh, I guess one more thing to touch on is I, I did think it was I didn't see them going this way, but it was interesting how they did set it during the pandemic, and it was kind of weird like seeing people on screen with like masks and stuff again because during those times, like every commercial you watch on TV is people wearing masks and. We finally kind of gotten out of that. So it was kind of weird to see that again and just think about how that was like life for a long time. But I like how they just dealt with some billionaire, like had the cure and just like caught it out of their systems and they were all like COVID free. But no, that's pretty much all I got to say. You got anything else? I looked up poker face and I thought it was, I had already released and had like 12% on Rotten Tomatoes, but now it releases next year. I was like, Oh geez. I was like, Oh no. No, I ain't got nothing else. Definitely will be rewatching this when it comes out, though, for sure. Yeah, I definitely want to re- rewatch this show to some people. If you did not get the opportunity to watch this in a movie theater, that's that kind of stinks. Like, I, I wish, like, it's cool to, like, be part to, like, of a group that only watch it for a week in, like, select theaters, but, like, feel bad for people that aren't going to see this in a theater. Like, I just think it'd yeah. be more fun. And it was weird to see, like, the netflix logo at the movies like as it was loading up the netflix (laughs) logo played and then it was Um, like there were so many other trailers that were like only in theaters for a select amount of time and then streaming on netflix i'm like that's so weird how big streaming is now but but yeah i mean that's pretty much all i got definitely check this out if you missed it in theaters or watch it again even if you did see it in theaters but that's all i got thank you very much for listening we'll see you later